0: folks welcome to another episode of man of screen podcast my name is mike zumo and on this sh- episode we are reaching the end of what seems like it's been a long road having started about four weeks ago with uh, the beginning of superman the serial and now we've reached the final of these five episodes dedicated to Superman the Serial. It's been a long run talking about one storyline, and I enjoyed talking about it with you guys, and I'm looking forward to the next serial, Adam-Man vs. Superman, which we'll start talking about next week. But, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I am going to take a quick break, as I really have no other opening statements, and I'm going to play a promo, and I'm going to come back with... Chapters 13, 14, and 15 of Superman the Serial. Star Wars,
1: give me those Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Don't have that man.
2: Star Wars, those grand Star wars. Talking about Star
0: Wars.
1: I'm Ryan Daly, and welcome to... And I'm the Irredeemable Shag. Dude, what are you doing? What? Give me those Star Wars as my show. Well, you're part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, so it's really our show. But if you show up on the promo, people will think you're the co-host. I'm not. No, the show will have rotating guests. You just took that idea from my Justice League International podcast. You took that idea from my Secret Origins podcast. And you took that idea from Dead Both and Spies. That was my podcast. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I sang the theme song with you. So? So, technically, I appear on every episode. I'm part of the foundation of this new Star Wars show. That's... That's true. So, you want to take this from the top, or what? (sighs) I'm Ryan Daly. Join me and a galaxy of guest stars on Give Me Those... (coughs) Including the irredeemable Shag, whose voice you will technically hear on every episode, on Give Me Those Star Wars the official Star Wars show of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available on iTunes and Stitcher and at fireandwaterpodcast.com.
0: Okay, welcome back, folks, and here we go. Chapter 13, Hurled to Destruction.
3: Lois is captured by the Spider Lady Men, who are seeking a supply of mineral with which they plan to force Dr. Graham to complete his reducer raid. Clark and Jimmy trace her to an old mine, but Clark also is captured and...
0: The explosion stuns Lois long enough for Superman to get them outside.
4: How did we get here?
0: Superman
5: got us out through a hole he made on the side of that hill.
4: He's wonderful, isn't he, Clark? I guess so. You guess so? Say, weren't these handcuffs on our other hands before?
5: I guess that blow on the head has got you confused a little.
6: Well, maybe.
0: Meanwhile, Graham is forced to reveal more about his machine.
6: Well, Dr. Graham, despite your efforts to hinder us, we have the monochromite. What
7: good will it do you you don't know how to use it?
6: But you're going to show us how.
7: That I will never do. I invented the ray for the benefit of humanity, but in your hands it'd be used only in the forces of destruction.
6: Do you dare to defy me?
7: Why not?
2: You can only kill me. How will that help you? There's a scientific way to make him submit, even against his will. Turn him over to me.
6: Will his mind be clear?
0: Yes. He'll be completely at our command. Very well. It will need a special tube that takes months to build. The Spider Lady has her men go to the Metropolis Museum, posing as reporters to steal the original tube. Perry has Clark and Jimmy go to the university.
3: Here's an exclusive story for you and Jimmy. A modern science layout on the Ray machine. You mean they let us in to examine it? Of course not, but we can photograph the outside of the buildings. Jimmy, you'll handle the camera. Kent can write the captions, okay?
4: Where do I come in?
3: You don't. I need an article of the woman's page. Dream up a new way to cook a roast or
5: toss a salad together.
4: How thrilling.
5: Cook up something good, Lois. I'll go for it.
4: Anytime, Mr. Kent, just name your poison. <laughs>
0: but Jimmy goes ahead while Clark checks on something. At the university, two crooks drive off with the tube while another forces Jimmy to drive in his car. Clark arrives and spots Jimmy. Superman appears and stops the car.
5: Superman, thanks for the help! What's the reason for this? He stole a tube from the Ray Machine. His pals got away with it. Now they've gone, but he didn't get away. He's headed for jail. Hey, do me a favor.
2: First, turn him over to the planet for questioning. I'll get credit for a scoop. All right. I'll take him there now.
0: At the Daily Planet...
5: Superman! Here's one of the Spider Lady's key men. Where'd you nab him? Near Metropolis University. Jimmy Olsen deserves credit for spreading the alarm. He's bringing in the story. Question him, then turn him over to the police. You bet, thanks. Where's the Spider Lady? Just what is she after?
3: How many men in her organization? Well, if you won't talk for me, you will for the police.
0: While Superman changes to Clark, Perry ends up struggling with the crook, who ends up knocking Perry out of the window to fall to his death. Alright, now on to the uh, analysis here. This chapter starts with another recutting of the end of the last chapter. You know, this time we get to see the explosion render Lois unconscious long enough for Clark to get himself uncuffed and change into Superman. And now we get another shot of stock footage being used. After Superman becomes an animation to break through the wall of the mine... We see the same shot of him coming out of the mine way back in Chapter Two when he rescued Lois during their initial meeting after all is said and done. Superman turns back into Clark and handcuffs himself back to Lois just as kind of just as the crooks had them. however, he uh reattaches himself on the wrong side. originally, he was on lois's Right, and now he's on the left. So they wake up, and Lois once again extols the virtues of how great Superman is, and Clark just doesn't seem to be very appreciative of the man that steals help. And she she notices that Clark is now on the other side. You know, Clark, Superman, whatever you want me to call you, you need to pay better attention to what's going on, dude. If you're going to reattach yourself to the woman, just put it on the proper hand. And what I don't understand is why Superman wouldn't have broken the handcuffs off them. Lois was unconscious. Clark, you know, as far as Lois knows, was still conscious. So, Clark could have easily explained that Superman broke the cuffs and they were no longer hooked to each other. Of course, then, we wouldn't have had the pleasure of Jimmy's bad joke.
2: (laughs) Say, you two are really attached to each other, aren't you?
0: And neither Lois, Clark, nor the viewer are very amused by Jimmy's joke. So... Once we get back to the planet, the cast tells us everything we already knew to catch the viewer up on what happened last week.
3: I must hand it to all of you for a page one story. Spider Lady's men murdered mining engineer to obtain
5: monochromite ore. We got the story, but they got the monochromite.
4: Which proves that the Spider Lady is trying to duplicate the Relativity Reducer Ray.
5: Yeah, and Graham, the guy who
3: developed the ray, is her prisoner. Graham is an honorable scientist. He knows the ray is more powerful than the atom bomb. He'll never cooperate with her. Unless the Spider Lady has
5: some scheme in mind to
0: force him. Remember, we have to assume that every chapter is somebody's first. And down with the the Spider Lady's hideout, Graham is still defiant. He knows he only has his life to lose. And so he figures he may as well just continue to defy the Spider Lady. This prompts Hackett to employ a scientific method to make Graham cooperate. Now... In the next scene, you see Graham sitting in an armchair in front of the Spider Lady's web. You know, he looks like he's just been hypnotized at the fair by one of those magicians. Maybe he has been, for all we know. Nobody actually shows us what Hackett has done and how he's going to get Graham to cooperate. But now, the old man is walking around like Solomon Grundy. And now, you know, he looks like he's aged about 20 years in the last five minutes. Maybe it's the makeup. Or maybe whatever enchantment I hesitate to call it that because Hackett is a man of science, but it really seems like he hypnotized him.
2: Is there anything else you need besides the monochromite?
7: Yes. The real secret of the machine is in the relativity tube, but it will take months to reproduce it.
6: But that tube is in the instrument at the Metropolis University, isn't it? Yes. Draw a diagram of its location and tell how it can be detached.
0: So, Graham looks older, is moving slower, talking like a zombie. Clearly, something has been done to him. He is not himself. Now, again, at, at the planet office, we see Perry handing the story to Jimmy and Clark and Lois is has been assigned something for the women's page. Maybe she can cook a recipe or bake a cake or something, you know? By today's standards, now Perry is just being sexist. But look on the bright side, Lois. At least you don't have to help Gladys with the problems of the lovelorn. That still doesn't make uh, everybody's favorite female reporter happy with the assignment that the chief has so unceremoniously dumped on her. The spider lady has learned from Graham, from zombie Graham, that that they need the relativity tube from the machine in the museum because it would take months to rebuild the device That because they don't have it at Spider-Lady. So Spider-Lady comes up with a plan to send Anton and another one of her goons to the museum to steal the tube. So they go there posing as reporters from the globe. And they so they... they are admitted into the museum and they take out the two security guards with a dart from the flash of the camera. You now the tall security guard that does, the one that does most of the talking, has a kind of accent that I can't place. You
3: can take all you want on the outside, but you cannot get in the building.
0: I don't know German maybe or some kind of Eastern European, but that's neither here nor there. Just a little interesting note that I thought I'd point out. I can't exactly place that acronym. You know. I like Jack Ingram here, who plays Anton. You know, he seems to make a good con man in Crook, and the way he handles these security guards with a smile on his face, he's very charismatic, and he seems to be enjoying his work. You know, he's not dumb muscle like some of the other guys. We're actually going to see him again in Adam Man vs. Superman. He'll uh, play a character named Foster, and play pretty much the same role that he, that he does here. Now, Jimmy gets to the museum first, ahead of Clark. And Jimmy is quite put out that the men from the globe, which we know are the spider lady's men, are already there because the planet should have the exclusive. And the security guard is unmoved just to say hey, you can go on you can go on in too. Now Conrad and the other crook, I wish I knew this guy's name, but I can't figure it out. Approach Jimmy, probably to keep him away from Anton, who is inside the building with a diagram to get the relativity tube. But You would think that would be a mistake, because these guys have just seen Jimmy. Conrad and, and this particular goon have seen him in that warehouse where Dr. Graham was initially sending his call for help from, and Hackett and Conrad saw Jimmy later at the gas station after Hackett and he took the pictures of the machine at the museum and made their getaway. But they don't recognize Jimmy. Even though they just tried to kill him a chapter or so ago. Which means to me these men are either stupid or senile. Of course, Jimmy doesn't recognize them either, but I'm going to attribute that to his getting hit in the face a lot and he's probably experiencing some memory loss. But he stumbles onto them and gets caught, and for his trouble, he gets his usual punch in the face as he tries to get away. One thing I'll say about Tommy Bonds is he seems to know how to take a punch. Conrad has the tube, and he seems to have. Hung Anton out to dry. as they the most important thing is getting the tube back to the Spider Lady. Jimmy took Jimmy takes three punches and is still conscious. That's a new record even for him. The Spider Lady's men leave first. Conrad and the other guy and as they leave the guard booth. The guards shoot at the cars, both that one and the one later with Anton and Jimmy as they leave. And what I'm trying to figure out what exactly is he hoping to hit. Clark finally arrives at the, uh, museum. I don't know what he's been doing during the events of this chapter, but he arrived late to the party and has just found a job for Superman, and the animated Superman is flying in pursuit. He catches up to the first car and grabs, <laughs> grabs Anton by lying on the roof, and it looks like he's sticking his fingers in Anton's mouth. I don't know what exactly he's doing, but it works as Jimmy stops the car and grabs Anton, but... Let's the big fish get away with the relativity tube. Superman asks what's going on, and Jimmy, in his infinite wisdom, has asked Superman to bring Anton to Perry White for questioning. Yes, Superman, that is the smart thing to do in this situation. Bring the criminal to the newspaper office. That is a much better solution than taking him to the police, who have pretty much been absent since Chapter 4. Superman agrees, and he takes Anton to Perry White. And I love this shot as, fortunately, Perry has walked away from his desk for a minute, long enough for Superman to fling Anton into the desk through the open window like yesterday's laundry. You know, and it's also a good thing Perry left the window open. Otherwise, uh, Superman might have thrown Anton through the window and making a big mess all over his office. And don't didn't windows in 1948 have screens? The absence of a screen will come back to haunt us in a few minutes. Now, Superman perches in the window to tell Perry about Anton. And I'm wondering, as I look at this, unless I'm wrong, this is the first time that Perry and Superman have shared the screen. Pierre Watkin has had plenty of screen time with Kirk Allen, but it's all been as Clark Kent. And now that I think about it, I'm not even sure we've seen Perry leave his office. I don't know about you, but Pierre Watkin must be sick of the place by now. I mean, even Carol Foreman got out of her hideout for a few scenes. So, anyway, Anton is sitting there while Perry is rattling off some questions. And until Perry mentions the police, then Anton thinks that it's a good time to uh, start a fight. I'm not sure that Anton didn't think Perry was going to call the police. He seemed to sat there and look to be cooperative until he mentioned to the police. Eventually, th- through the course of the scuffle, Anton throws a chair at Perry and... He goes out the window, and the editor has finally made it out of his office as the chapter ends. So, this chapter ended on a literal cliffhanger as Perry was hanging from the ledge on the side of his building. So, we're going to find out what happens immediately as we move right into Chapter 14, Superman at Bay. Clark enters the outer offices in time to capture the crook, Anton and then rescues Perry, who is hanging on the window ledge.
3: Thanks, Kent, for the lift. Are you alright, Chief? I think I'll live. Let's not forget, we're still getting out a newspaper.
0: Anton's capture makes headlines, since he is an aide of the Spider Lady. She and Hackett agreed to have him allow himself to be arrested, so he can talk with Anton.
6: I have a plan for you. Hmm, this should be good. Oh, it's better than that. It's superb. Hackett, the police want to find you very badly.
2: Oh, that's not a new idea.
6: No, but this is. The police are going to find you.
2: I hate to disappoint you, but I... uh...
6: And when they take you to jail, you'll find a way to communicate with Anton. Oh,
2: I understand. now. Your schemes are not always easy to follow.
6: But the light has suddenly broken through.
2: Yes. Once I'm in jail, I'll find a way to get in touch with Anton in the mess hall or recreation yard.
6: And you'll see that he doesn't talk. You'll assure him he'll escape And you'll remind him that he's still our partner and will soon be wealthy beyond his wildest dreams.
2: Yes, of course. But uh, one little detail. How do I know I won't be left in jail?
6: Do you think I'd leave you there? My safety is in your hands, so are all my plans.
2: I'm happy that you recognize that.
6: If you even thought I'd try a double cross, you'd merely have to go to the police and tell them they could find me here.
2: And you know, my dear lady, I wouldn't hesitate.
6: Uh, I'm sure of it.
2: Well, now that we understand each other, I'll go and let the police find me.
0: Lois and Jimmy capture Hackett outside the Daily Planet. Outside the jail, they spot a crook picking up a cigarette butt tossed out by Hackett.
2: What'd you just pick up? Nothing. He put it in
3: his
4: pocket.
7: Come on, let me see it. It's nothing. You got me wrong. Get
2: it, Lois.
4: It's just a cigarette
7: butt. Yeah, but a new brand. Look at this. A message in code.
4: That ought to be worth at least ten years for you. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know anything about it.
1: A man stops me and he says if I want to make five bucks. Sure I do. He says to come here, pick up the
7: cigarette, and
1: take it to a certain address.
2: What address? What address?
5: Sixteen-hundred North Gilbert. I'm to give a fellow that's there a special brand. He says, okay, I
4: give that cigarette to him and scram. That's all I know. I think he's telling the truth, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, beat it. But if you ever go near North Boulevard, I'll see that you do land in jail. I'll
7: finish, mister. You can take it from me.
0: Jimmy takes over delivering the message to a store. At the store, after Jimmy hides and hears a quick radio of the Spider Lady.
5: Message received. Our two friends are together.
6: Do you have the location?
5: Third tier, cell in the southeast corner.
6: Very good. We can settle with both of them at once. They've outlived their usefulness.
0: He gets captured and the crooks rig the store to explode if someone uses the door. Meanwhile, Graham now has the second ray machine ready.
6: Is it ready to operate?
0: The machine is not at full power yet.
6: Will it work? Oh yes.
7: It can be destructive even at this level.
6: I want it turned on a certain spot at the city jail.
7: I can beam at any designated spot and calibrate it so that it will work.
6: Then hurry, there are two useless people to be wiped out.
0: Are
7: you sure that you want to lose such devastating power?
6: Get it ready.
0: The Spider Lady has him target the location where Hackett and Anton and Lois are in the jail. If Clark is phoned by Lois, Superman rescues Jimmy, who warns about the plan to target the jail.
4: Hello, boys. Comfortable?
7: Well, look, we've got a guest. Now, ain't we lucky? you uh didn't happen to bring a cake with a cake
4: with a file no uh maybe a few boys that play ball with the press i could
2: help you out a bit where have i heard that before you've got to get to the jail superman lois is there i heard driller say the spider lady's gonna turn the ray machine on it it may be too late now can you get along by yourself yeah but you've got to save lois up up
4: away!
5: Don't you gals ever know when to give up. Go on and beat it.
4: You're not being very cooperative.
5: It's ready to be. Go ahead. I said beat it.
0: So, to cover the end of the last chapter a little bit, it's nice to see... Perry get in on the act as he gets into a fight and acquits himself well in his fight with Anton. But he he ends up out the window too. And I must say, Perry made a great but improbable save by grabbing the ledge to keep himself from falling. Perry White must have some strong fingers. Now, by now, Clark has come out of the storeroom where he changed back into Clark after Superman dropped him off. It's rare to see Clark actually mix it up with uh, anybody because he has to show more meekness to uh, not let anybody in on the fact that he's actually su- actually Superman. But Clark has no choice here, but he punches out Anton, and now the news is going out that Anton has been captured. The local newspapers are making a pretty big deal out of this, and one, one even goes so far as to say the Spider Lady is facing defeat. I don't know about that. That seems to be getting a little bit ahead of themselves because she still has a lot going for her now that she's got the relativity tube for the second reducer ray. Now, another paper says Anton was lodged in jail. You know, at work, the local police department still used that word. You know, when I think of lodging, I think of, you know, a resort of relaxation. Not the way most people would look at a correctional facility. Anton is in jail. He is not at a five-star resort. He has been incarcerated, not lodged. A little random irritation at the English language, a little bit. Graham says they they still need the activator tube. Almost on cue, Driller produces it.
6: I have the ray machine ready to operate.
7: It will be
0: soon, very soon.
7: You know we have to wait for the activator tube.
6: Here it is. Yes,
7: this is it. Now I know the machine will
0: soon be ready. Graham is still in. Thralled by whatever Hackett has done to him. He's still walking around like Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. So Spider Lady has an interesting plan now for Hackett, you know. And personally, I'm a little shocked that he agrees to this. She actually wants him to go get himself arrested so that he can make contact with Anton and reassure him that he's still their friend and he's still going to share in their ultimate triumph. Whatever that means. Why would Hacken even agree to this after all the planning and failing that he's done to undermine the Spider-Lady? He is taking an awful gamble that the Spider-Lady won't cut him out. Did he forget about the, the Ray Machine? This mistake is going to cost him. The Spider-Lady tries to allay his fears that if she gave any indication that she was going to hang him out to dry that he would send the police directly to her. She claims she knows that, but... He has to know the machine is going to be ready soon and that the Spider-Lady can easily turn the machine on him. Any one of her henchmen could have gotten themselves arrested and gone to make contact with Anton. It didn't need to be Hackett, but since Hackett and the Spider-Lady have been having their little underhanded feud since she arranged for Hackett's original jailbreak, Hackett is the one she needs to send to jail to talk to Anton. By some act of stupidity, Hackett has agreed with this, and he's going to decide to hang out in front of the Daily Planet building, where he's spotted by Lois and Jimmy. Hackett puts on a show of resisting arrest as Lois and Jimmy take him down. And being that Lois can't identify him, that is good enough for the officer who happens to be hanging around, and Hackett is going back to prison. Lois is not done here manipulating the situation. As she asks the cops to put Hackett and Anton together. And the move pays off. It doesn't necessarily pay off for her, but it will pay off later in the serial. Hackett and Anton have a conversation that's going to be important later on.
2: Why'd they pick you up? On the street. What's the matter? Are you getting careless? Looks like it. Did they get anybody else? No. Be careful what you say. They didn't put us together for nothing. If they think I'm going to take their rap for them, they're crazy. What's the matter? The yellow starting to show? What do you mean, yellow? I'm just starting to get smart. Don't get too smart. They can't afford to leave us in. You got any idea? Maybe. Such as what? That's all I can say now. But if we get out of here and get separated, meet me at the dog's eye. The dog's eye? Yeah. You know where it is, don't you? Sure,
0: I know where it is. But Hackett is assuring Anton that he has a a plan to take down the spider lady. And should something happen, they have arranged a meeting place. A place that's going to become very important later. Jimmy sees some guy hanging around by the jail, picking up a cigarette, but the hack it out the window. And when Jimmy gets a hold of it, he takes it to someone to decode a message that he found hidden inside. Jimmy is going to strand Lois at the jail while he plays secret agent and get the cigarette decoded. You know, Now we're getting to the point where This serial is slowly moving toward its climax. Jimmy goes to the little shop and gives the code to to the shopkeeper and then leaves. And suddenly we discover that Driller is out again and Jimmy hides in the closet. This can't possibly end well for him. And now we're at a point where anything that happens at the jail is kind of on Jimmy. As the code gave The Spider-Lady, the coordinates of where Anton and Hackett are lodged in... Oh, God, now I said it. ...are imprisoned in the jail. So, Jimmy has actually enabled the Spider-Lady to launch the attack that we're going to see at the end of the chapter. And Jimmy's nose now betrays him as he picks an awfully bad time to sneeze. And Driller shows some ingenuity as he opens the door and closes it, which prompts Jimmy to come out of the closet. A lot of people coming out of the closet in this serial. So, as usual, Jimmy is caught. There is always some rope in the closet, because I guess you never know when you're going to need to tie somebody up. Maybe I should start keeping, keeping some rope lying around. So, Driller rigs the radiator in the shop to fill the room with gas if somebody opens the door, and for good measure, the shopkeeper decks Jimmy right in the jaw again. You would think at least by now somebody would paint a bruise on Jimmy's chin after the beatings he's been taking since Chapter 4. Now, meanwhile, Graham is still under hypnosis. He powers up the machine and is prepared to fire on what the Spider-Lady calls two useless people, notably Anton and Hackett. Superman goes after Jimmy, and we get another uh, little effects error here as the animation of Superman will land behind a car where presumably Kirk Allen is lying in wait to run out But the animation goes above the car, behind it, and then disappears. But you can see through the car windows from the view of the camera. And you never see the animation on the other side of the car. You don't see behind it. You just see it disappear at the top of the car. Chalk it up to bad 1948 visual effects. Superman saves Jimmy as the Ray machine powers up. You know Now the suspense is starting to build as we're cutting from Jimmy to Lois approaching Anton and Hackett at the jail, back to the spider lady and Graham, and round and round we're going as we uh, start to get ready for the main climax of this chapter. Now, Jimmy is high-strung right now, lots of editing Superman right after Lois, but he's starting to show a sign of a headache as these punches to the jaw are apparently taking a collective toll on him. I tell you, they'd be taking a toll on me, that's for sure, after all the beatings he's been taking. As Superman runs to the end of the alley, you hear him say up, up, and away and, but his mouth isn't moving, so I guess Superman is thinking that. He's not actually saying it out loud. Superman now flies toward the explosion in the jail. You see Superman see the explosion and react to it, but that's the last thing we see as Chapter 14 ends in that cliffhanger. Now, I am going to take a quick break, play a couple of promos, and I'm going to come back with the final chapter of Superman the Serial right after this.
1: Autumn Argus Ballistics, Cardinal Sin, Channel man. Chimera. Chimera. Chimera, Edge, Freight Train, Geist, Gunfire, Hacker Harry Force, Hirman, Hook, Jam, Joe Jack, Laurea, Crown, Layla, Light, Loose Cannon, Mega Biter, Mongolia, Miriam, Output, PAX, Prism, Razor Shark, Rodney Jane Samaritan, Shadow Strike, Slit Shot, Smart Terrorism. Wow, that's a lot of radical trademark names, and you may not have heard of any of them, but they were all introduced in DC Comics' 1993 summer annuals. Most went on to figure into more stories within their four-color universe. Many are their own spotlight series, and one became a cult hit from acclaimed creators. While the comics of the 1990s are often derided, for me, as a long-time comic book reader, I found a deepened fandom and a safe harbor from the Cronium Age in the DCU. I fell in love with the history and legacy found in generations of heroic mantles, and my journey into this continuity largely began with bloodlines. Join me, album frank as i explore the more overlooked areas of dc comics's superheroes beginning with an early 90s intellectual property generating stunt and fanning outward towards other obscurities and icons from throughout decades of sequential art stories all flowing through the dc bloodlines podcast available on itunes shout engine and the internet archive
0: all right welcome back folks and well here it is the final chapter of superman the serial are you ready for it i'm ready for it so let's go chapter 15 The payoff. Superman saves Lois from the explosion, but the other two are killed. The rays' use causes headlines.
6: I think it was a master stroke, Driller. Well, we might have had
5: use for Hackett, if not for Anton.
6: Hmm, they've outlived their usefulness. I still wonder. About what?
5: Graham,
3: for one thing. Yeah, what about him?
6: (laughs) Don't tell me you're going soft and can't take care of the good doctor.
3: I could never let us know how he kept Graham
0: under control.
6: His work on the Ray machine will be complete soon and I'll get rid of him too.
0: I hope you're right. The Spider Lady publicly says that because it is Superman's ally, she will soon destroy the Daily Planet building.
6: Attention police, attention Daily Planet. This is an ultimatum from the Spider Lady. I have perfected the reducer Ray machine so that you will have proof the Daily Planet building will be destroyed. This will demonstrate that I defy the newspaper's ally, Superman. The hour of destruction will be... 3 o'clock this afternoon.
3: 3 o'clock. It's now 11.20.
6: Do you think she really means it, Chief?
3: I don't know, but if she does, we have less than four hours.
0: Superman reconstructs a recording of Hackett talking to Anton.
3: The word from Chief Foreman is that we're to keep quiet about the ultimatum. If we print the news, it'll only create a panic. We only have a little more than three hours. We've got to do something.
5: I understand you want the hack and Anton
0: conversation. I have the broken record. The recording mentions somewhere called the dog's eye. The dog's eye. Lois and Jimmy go off to investigate reports of stalled cars in the foothills.
7: Listen to this. City news service.
3: Automobile drivers report that cars traveling between Mount Laird and Mount Dickens along Foothill Road are burning out ignition systems. No explanation is offered, but the highway patrol is investigating.
4: Jimmy, do you know what that means? What? The Ray machine's beam could certainly raise Hobb with the electric systems. Do you suppose that's it? Well, it's a chance. Let's follow it up. What's the pitch? Well, we pick up the planet's plan at the field and cruise the Foothill area. Come on.
0: Thinking it may be related to the Ray's use at the jail. They get captured and are taken to the Spider Lady's cave hideout. Meanwhile, Clark figures out where the dog's eye refers to. It is a mine near Metropolis. Superman goes and finds one of the Spider Lady's men.
5: You're one of the Spider Lady's men. You can't prove it. I don't have to. He wants to help Hackett escape from jail. You'll figure it out. I have no time to waste. Where's the Spider Lady?
3: I'll tell
7: you, let me go! I've got a map that'll show you the route to her hideout. Get it
2: one thing you can't take superman kryptonite the spider lady had this ready just in case you found your way here you wake up, you will be at the mercy of the Spider-Lady.
0: Superman is dragged into the Spider-Lady's hideout where she holds another piece of kryptonite to prevent him from stopping the rain machine.
6: Billy, it's three o'clock.
7: Is the machine beamed to the planet, Billy? Well, is it? Yes, it is, but you're not going to activate the machine.
6: That's what you think. <laughs> Don't move one step further. <laughs> Superman, you didn't succumb to the kryptonite.
5: I expected you to have it handy. I'm wearing a protective lining of lead under my uniform. You're lying. I was only pretending to be vulnerable. I was sure I'd be brought here. What you thought was my weakness turned out to be your undoing. Spider Lady, you're finished.
0: He resists the raised beam and Dr. Graham turns it on the fleeing Spider Lady and killing her. Alright, well, to start the chapter, Superman flies in to the jail after the explosion. He grabs Lois while Hackett and Anton are asking for help. He blatantly ignores them. Now, I have a problem with this for two reasons. Superman should never ignore a call for help, even if the people asking for it are criminals. Secondly, Hackett knows what's going on and would easily turn on the Spider Lady for revenge at this point. All he would get is back in jail. But he would at least have the satisfaction of revenge for her attempt to, to kill him. As this would definitely count as a double-cross. Superman could have very easily ended this quickly without having to go through the rest of the serial's machinations to catch her. Instead, he brings Lois to a stairwell and flies off. Seriously? Here are a few of the newspapers. No one knows what actually happened, although... One paper takes the leap and indicates it may be the Reducer Ray. Notice how we very rarely see the Daily Planet as one of the newspapers in this little, uh, sequence. Driller is showing some regret as he believes they may have had some use for Hackett, at least, if not for Anton. Driller also points out that, like the viewers, they don't know what Hackett did to keep Graham under control. And Graham has been showing a little more life over the past couple minutes. So that could be a sign that whatever Hackett it did to him is starting to wear off. And as we saw several chapters ago, Driller's tie ruffling didn't do much to persuade Graham to help the Spider Lady in any way. The Spider Lady is ready to give her ultimatum, announcing it like she's broadcasting the weather. And we have finally seen Metropolis's police chief, Chief Foreman. Apparently all he has been she has reduced him to a receptionist, as she orders him over the police band to call Perry White and to set the radio in his office to the police wavelength. She announces that she's going to destroy the Daily Planet Building. Because why not? Because they're the ally of Superman. But you would think she'd go after something a little more vital to city operations than a privately owned newspaper. So Lois is Goes to her desk, as they've they've still got a few hours. The ultimatum has been made for 3 o'clock, and it's at about 11.20. So they've got some time to kill. Lois is going to write a story to get some of her feelings down on paper. And she writes, 11.20 a.m. The first shock of the frightening knowledge leaves you numb, puzzled, a bit helpless. You know, that about mm, sums it up. There's nothing she can do, you know, other than leave the Daily Planet building, but we know she's not going to do that. I can only imagine what's, I can't imagine really, what it's like knowing that your life is probably going to end in less than four hours. But it has to be a gut-wrenching feeling. In the previous scene in Perry White's office, they uh, suggested they wanted the copy of the conversation between Anton and Hackett before the Reducer Ray explosion. But Perry says that the record has been destroyed in the blast that killed Anton and Hackett. But Superman goes and gets the record that Clark was asking for. Perry, meanwhile, is frustrated about sitting and waiting for the planet to blow up. Superman come eventually comes back to Perry's office with the broken shards of the record. Now it seems like Perry and Superman are getting all kinds of scenes together. Before Chapter 13, they had never been on screen at the same time. Now, twice in three chapters. The relationship between Superman and Perry is definitely starting to heat up, so... Superman gets the record shards and puts the record back together. Looks like he's putting the shards in a in a pie plate, you know, and he pushes down on it, puts enormous pressure from his super strength on it to fix the cracks. Superman mentions that he has been imbued with Super Sight and he can read the impressions on the record, but I'm not exactly sure what Super Sight has to do with it as the record appears to have been broken into extremely large pieces. So putting it together doesn't look much harder than, you know, a simple children's puzzle. Superman does his thing and voila, the record is restored and they can play it on the record player that Perry White has on his office over in a shelf waiting for us to need it. So they play the conversation, the reference to Dog's Eye gets a glance from Perry White, so that got his attention. Funny how Perry doesn't mention Dog's Eye when they go over the transcript of the conversation, but he uh, he doesn't. Clark does. So, so Superman leaves after the conversation is over. Lois goes out and transcribes the, the conversation. And Perry is thoughtful enough to run a copy over to the police. And as he's about to send it, I don't know how, I don't believe they had fax machines yet, but he probably sent a runner. But we see Perry walk out the door of his office. This might be the first time I saw Perry exit his office, at least through the door. Last chapter, we saw him exit his office through the window. As everybody is sitting at work and waiting to be destroyed, Jimmy reads the flash about the uh, disabled cars in the foothills. Lois postulates that the Ray machine can definitely disable electrical systems. So off they go in the planet plane. If something is burning out ignition systems, I'm not sure you want to be in a machine in the sky where you can fall to your death if your ignition system goes out. But nobody thought of this. At least Jimmy and Lois didn't think of it. And apparently Jimmy has a pilot's license. A handy-dandy uh, little factoid there. As he's now flying the plane. And look what happened here, folks! Jimmy, what's wrong? The
3: ignition system
4: is out.
0: The plane's ignition system goes out. I feel like someone just mentioned that a minute ago. Let me know, anybody out there, if if you heard somebody mention that a minute ago. <sighs> Idiots. Well, anyway, the plane crashes, and they're caught and brought to the Spider Lady for no other reason than so that they can be present for the climax of the serial. It's two fifteen, forty-five 45 minutes to go. Clark is in Perry's office doodling the word Dog's Eye, as they've uh, already pointed out that... Uh, during their meeting before the uh, flash about the planes, that Clark pointed out that dogs' eyes seem to have some special meaning. So apparently his good way of spending the time, instead of going out and functioning as Superman, he's going to sit around in Perry's office and doodle. And apparently Perry has a statue of a dog in his office as Clark is walking around thinking and trying to figure out what's going on. He spots it. Oh, but then Clark has found something. It's a map. And when you take it off the wall and turn it over, the outline of the map is almost resembles, like, the face of a dog. You see two peaks at the top, which could be the ears. Something off to the left like a, comes to a point, point. It could be a dog's snout. So it kind of resembles a dog, and there's a little dot in the middle that could be the eye. So Clark looks at the area that resembles the dog's eye, and he found something. The Silver Queen Mine. And now that he has discovered this, he is finally going to do something. He's going to go to the Silver Queen Mine and see what he can find. And he does so by crashing through this, the wall of the little cabin that Brock is in. You know, I love how Superman comes through the wall in this scene. It was live action, which every every other wall he's gone through up to this point has been an animation. But Kirk Allen goes through the wooden roof, and it's just well done. Almost as good as what we're going to see a few years later in The Adventures of Superman. And Brock has been sitting in the cabin. Apparently, this is where Brock has been since the last time we've seen him. Seems like it's been a while. After a brief exchange with Superman, Brock yanks out the kryptonite, and down goes the Man of Steel. It's almost 3 p.m. as as Driller drags Superman into the Spider Lady's inner sanctum. Graham is almost out of the trance. He's fighting back against Driller. And to everybody's surprise, even the Spider Lady, and she's got some kryptonite out on her desk there, Superman pops up, and Spider-Lady is just baffled, questioning why he didn't succumb to the kryptonite. Well, apparently Superman's answer to this is is that he's wearing a lining of lead under his suit. However, his head and his hands are exposed, but I guess just wearing a lead-lined suit under his outfit is enough to keep him from soaking in too much of the kryptonite's radiation. This is actually something that'll be addressed later on in the 90s in Superman the Animated Series, as whenever Superman wears his... Anti-Kryptonite lead suit. His entire body is covered from head to toe, so the radiation cannot penetrate. Apparently, for this serial, just having the lead-lined uniform is enough. And actually, to be honest, in live-action, Superman wearing a space suit in 1948 would probably look kind of ridiculous. So that's that. The uh, being that Superman is back on his feet, the Spider Lady has Driller turned the Reducer ray on Superman, and nothing happens. He just. Stands there and smiles as he has the ray machine's light kind of swirls on his chest. So it isn't so but Graham overcomes Driller, punches him out, and turns it on the on the spider lady as she tries to run away. With a scream, she explodes. Literally, explodes. She's gone. Bye bye. So long. Farewell. Now, Superman watches as Jimmy decks Driller, you know, some revenge for all the time that he's been punched in the face today. Or during the course of this serial, not necessarily today. Superman says he's going to round up the others, or he flies back to the Daily Planet. Now, the threat is over. They've won. The kryptonite has been recovered. A second rain machine has been recovered. We're all going to live happily ever after. Now, we get uh, no cliffhanger here. We get a sweet little ending of Lois waking up Clark, who dozed at Perry's desk. You know, the serial ends with a laugh by everyone. And even Kirk Allen, who's letting out a knife, who's laughing right from his belly here. Laughing just as hard as anyone else. You know, many episodes of the George Reeves series will end in the same fashion. And I'm going to play that ending for you now.
5: Oh, oh I was just having a wonderful dream.
4: You weren't dreaming by any chance that you were Superman?
5: That's exactly what I was, Lois. And I was flying you through the air.
4: That wasn't a dream, Mr. Kent. As far as I'm concerned, it was a nightmare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, next time, we're going to move on to the second Superman serial, starring Kirk Allen. Adam Man vs. Superman. And we're going to do that in the same fashion that I did this one. Three chapters at a time for five episodes. So, come back next week to this web feed for Adam Man vs. Superman. Take care, everybody. The Man of Screen Podcast is produced by Mike Zumo, and all opinions on the show are those of Mike Zumo and no one else. All music and sound clips used in the making of this show are for review purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All trademarks and copyright are copyrighted, they're original copyright holders. The Man of Screen Podcast is a member of the Superman Podcast Network and can be found at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. The homepage for the show is manofscreen.podomatic.com. And you can email the show at manofscreen at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. after the theatrical cartoons after the movie serials a new medium helped define an icon for generations to come the adventures of superman join mike zumo as the man of screen podcast enters the next phase with a year-long look at the 1950s television series the adventures of superman starring george reeves as clark Kenton superman
3: no comment until the time
6: limit is up
0: phyllis coates as lois lane during season one
6: What are you
0: afraid of? What are you hiding? And Noel Neal as Lois Lane starting in Season 2.
4: Superman! Why? Why did you wait?
0: Jack Larson as Jimmy Olsen. Mr. Kent is Superman. John Hamilton as Perry White. Don't call me Chief! And Robert Shane as Inspector Henderson. I don't want excuses, I want action! So, follow along Mike and some possible guest hosts for an in-depth analysis of The Adventures of Superman, starting in June at supermanpodcastnetwork.com and manofscreen.podomatic.com.
5: This is a job for Superman. I mean, I've got to find it.